Welcome to Creators Are Brands, part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I'm your host, Tom Boyd. In this episode, we're talking about how you are going to land your first paid brand collaboration. And this is actually audio that I pulled from a video that I made for people on the bonusfootage.co newsletter, where you can get on by going to bonusfootage.co. <laughs> so I was getting a bunch of questions from people who have recently built audiences and what their process should be like for pricing brand collab building relationships with brands, how they should think about their partnership. So I made a little checklist that outlined the key things I did when landing my first partnerships and people found it so useful, I'm sharing it here. This episode is simply me expanding on the points that I made in that checklist. You can click the link in the description to see that full checklist as you're going through the show. And if you like this style of episode, I am thinking about making a similar one for exactly how I started this podcast. Podcast, how I went from short form videos to long form, how I get guests on the show, how I structure the conversations, my frameworks for hosting a podcast, and what tools I use to produce this very show. If you have any questions that you want me to answer, please DM me at bonus footage on IG. All right, let's get into this checklist and get you your very first brand collab. Your first brand sponsorship, a bonus footage checklist. My name is Tom Boyd. I'm the creator of Bonus Footage, and I am the host of the podcast, Creators Are Brands, the show that discovers how storytellers are building brands online. I, I wrote this in a way where it was supposed to be, you know, 10 key points that were going to help you uh, help you build the foundational ideas around landing your first sponsorship as a creator. This is for creators who have either 2,500 followers or have created 100 pieces of content. And that's not a hard rule, but the idea is I, uh, I think it's important to build, a, build processes around how you create content, uh, understand, like have a sense of the values that you want in your content be very clear about who it is you're making content for all of these all of these stuff that like can be impacted by trying to land sponsorships too early sometimes when we land sponsorships we start to kind of change who we are and it's not always for the better we're, we're we're doing stuff just to entertain these outside bosses where i think it's important to build your brand first so that's why you know around 2500 followers and 100 pieces of content that's an area where you have a strong understanding of how you want to show up as a creator so if you're not at that point no worries listen to the creators our brands podcast it is free creatorsourbrands.com it's extended conversations with professionals creators for actionable tips to build the foundation of your creator brand now what are my qualifications so uh you know there are a lot of experts that teach in in the space of of landing brand deals and and, and working with brand partners a lot of them know a lot more information than me right i say all that to say this i'm in the process of experiencing it real time like i i, I started this brand last year I started to land sponsorships, and my background before that is as a freelancer and working as working at a, a brand as my day job. I have this this knowledge of like different ways of selling creativity, but this way I've never actually worked in the world of working with a partner that is trying to get access to my audience, and this was a new experience for me. So. Uh, I've been I've been doing that this year and I've been learning and these are like things that I've kind of picked up along the way real time that I'm sharing with you as I'm learning out loud. And in that process, I was able to land a, a sponsor for my podcast less than 10 episodes in paying probably 
5x the market rate for like someone with a podcast at like my reach. Uh, I had a, I landed a, a big Spotify collab. It, it was for my, my short form video content. It was iPhone only. It was 15 seconds and it was probably the most lucrative brand deal um, up until this point. I've consulted for multiple billion dollar businesses on their creator strategy. I've connected brands with creators. I've connected creators with brands and I I'm learning on the fly and, I and these are, and everything in this checklist is stuff that I've, I've been learning and I've been applying real time. Oh, and I despise when an independent creative mind is taken advantage of. I, I just want you to win. I don't want you to feel like you're slighted. I want you to be able to take money, invest it back into your brand. I want you to think about it in ways that is exciting for you. You know, sometimes people blow up, they start bringing on brand sponsors, and then it starts to feel like, oh, I have 10 different bosses telling me what my content should be. This is foundational stuff that I think is important for just like how you think about collaborating with partners in the future. And I think this will set you up for success uh, and, and ways to make money in, in ways that you're you're excited about. It's just I, I just see a lot of people going into the trap of, of taking money from whoever, um, saying yes to everything, and then all of their attention, their energy, their focus from their actual content serving their audience, they lose the excitement for that. And I don't want that to be your case. And I think that um, some of the stuff on the checklist here might be able to help that. Again, these aren't hard rules. These are things that have worked for me that m you might be able to apply. So feel free to pick and choose which ones you actually want to use and then you know put your own spin on it. Uh, and in my opinion, depending on your goals, sponsors should, uh, it says should be, I need to say should not be, should not be your entire strategy for monetization. With that said, working with ideal collaborators can complement your business as you continue to build assets that you monetize in other ways, consulting, digital products, and community. So yeah, sponsorships are just a really nice way to make uh, make money, get a cash injection into uh, that that complements your business. It shouldn't be the only way you make business because then you're um, you don't really have that much leverage when negotiating, when going back and forth, and you start to just take any brand deal that comes your way, and and that's not that's not the best for you and for your audience. It's good to have it be something that you can say no to, uh, that that you can be selective and and a bit picky because you have money coming in from other ways. I also have a, uh, a whole resource list for creators. You can go to that by clicking this link. If you click the link in, in Podia, or if you have the Notion doc, you can click this link, and you can also get that at bonusfootage.co. All right, so let's get into the list. Uh, that, that was the, the lengthy intro, but we'll, we'll get into the list now for your first brand sponsorship. What are you actually selling? You're selling not a 15-second video, not a 30 second brand read in your in, in your podcast what you are selling is trust and i think that uh a lot of people don't get that at the beginning they think oh because it's only a 15 second video that you uh that you shouldn't charge a lot but you're selling the trust that you've built with your audience that's actually what the brand wants to get in front of they're they're taking your you, the, the attention, the, the trust, the community that you've been able to build, they know that they can't build that as a company. It's hard for them to do that, but you as an individual, it's you can do that, and that's what they're paying for. So they're not paying for your production quality. They're not paying for your nice lighting setup. They're not paying for the, the length of your video, like everything that went into your video. They're, they're paying for the trust that you've built with your audience, the trust and attention that you have 
with the audience that they want. They're borrowing that from you. It's like an important thing to understand when you're when you're thinking about how you partner with brands. Design content with future sponsors in mind. So one of the best ways to do this is to create a series. So say you are a you, you teach tennis tips, right? And you have a bunch of different things that you can teach. Maybe there's a series within that that you you almost brand as a recurring series. So like the perfect set, the perfect tennis serve. That could be a series that you just give like a quick tip on the perfect tennis tennis serve. Eventually, you could prove the success of that series. Then you can sell sponsorships within that particular series. So maybe when brands come to you, then uh, you have something built in where you say, hey, like all of this content, this is mine over here, but this is the series that I that I sell sponsorships for. You can buy four slots for the next month. I do I do eight a month. And you can you can sponsor four of these and you just incorporate their brand in a creative way. It's just one quick example. So you almost productize this uh, your, your brand deals beforehand. So you think of like that series, how you incorporate sponsors. So when sponsors reach out to you, you say, hey, this is what I sell. This is your space. You get to sell it however you want. And that's why I love podcast collabs so much because podcasts are essentially a long form series and they are productized. So it's like easy to say, hey, I sell pre-roll ads for 750 a pop. And uh, it's like you can buy as many as you want. Uh, and this is how much, you know, I sell them by the four. So it, it, that would be, you know, three grand for the next and you could buy four slots in the in the first quarter of next year. So design your content with future sponsors in mind. How can they fit in to the way that you create you might create content in four different ways one of those ways is like the one that you want to sponsor the other three are for you are for your audience and people can't touch them audit your brand is your positioning strong do your accounts look like a collaboration would be obvious someone can look at your work and know exactly who you make content for so there's two different kinds of creators there's creator educators and there's creator entertainers and creator educators they have a much more specific audience people can look at like that the tennis example i know that that person is creating content for aspiring tennis players but someone that is just entertaining it's more of a wide general audience and it's hard to identify exactly who they're creating content for so the creator educator can usually charge a little bit more than the creator entertainer who are your ideal collaborators make an ongoing list of people that you want to work with in that space what brands are you already using what brands do you recommend what brands uh, are you excited about new up-and-coming brands like Make an ongoing list of these brands and, and have them top of, mind, top of mind. Follow their social medias and, and see what they're talking about. See the type of people that they're collaborating with and start to lock in exactly who are your ideal collaborators. Like who, who would be excited for you to work with and ask yourself, do they actually elevate my brand? It's important to work with people that you actually use, that you uh would actually tell friends about, but also make you look good. It's almost like when, when I worked with Spotify, it was, it looked good for me. It, it, you know, it kind of validated me in the creator economy space to like to other thought leaders like, oh, like he's getting brand deals from Spotify. He must be, he must be having some sort of influence in, in this, in this industry. So does this brand make you look good? You know, is it, is it, is it something that um, being associated with them 
it's it's a it's a win win. It's not just to you know to sell your trust, but it's also it's almost like a blue check mark for that specific niche. So go back to the the, the person that teaches tennis. Maybe there's an, an established brand. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about tennis. I don't know why I use that example, but like maybe there's a, an established brand that if they collaborate with them, it all automatically makes them look better. It makes that their creator brand look more connected, look more more of an authority. So, who are your ideal collaborators, and and try to figure out which ones actually um, elevate your positioning in that industry. Who is buying? Who is actually buying? Uh, and I think that this is an, an important skill that you'll pick up over time, and and uh, is identifying who actually has influencer. Or creator partnership strategy in place. A lot of brands don't even they have marketing budgets, but they don't have a specific team to to oversee creator strategy, creator partnerships. And what happens is, uh, one, you might get like a one a one off brand deal with with people that don't have a strategy in place. But you're not gonna have an like one, they're not gonna do a good job of actually tracking whether or not it was a good relationship. They don't have people to to uh, you know work with like a point of contact at the brand to ensure success of this campaign, uh, and and you it, it'll be likely that you won't get recurring um, and and future opportunities with them because it's like they're not even designed to continue like to to work with creators right. So you wanna you wanna find the people that are you know say you're you have a newsletter. Follow a bunch of newsletters in your space. Who's sponsoring other newsletters? Usually, other people that are sponsoring newsletters, they have a team in place that, like, like that's a format that they're 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 already buying for. So if they're already buying there, it's easier to sell to them. It's same thing for podcasts. Same thing for short form video. Uh, if you ever see an ad pop up or or a sponsored post pop up. And it's it's a brand that you think that you would work with that would elevate your brand that that you would enjoy collaborating with. Put that on your list, at the, and just put like a asterisk next to them or, or or something that that shows like this is an ideal collaborator that is actually paying in this space. It's harder to it's harder to sell people that aren't buyers, right? Like like you want to go to the people that have the budget for this, have the people in place to ensure success for these campaigns. Who are your who is buying? Who is buying? And then in that space, you need to build relationships with these people who are making the decisions. And this is like a quick note. I, this is what I realized. There's actually no such thing as a brand deal. I know we call them brand deals. I know we call them brand sponsorships. There actually is no such thing. No one's ever done a brand deal. They've only done people deals. People that work, that represent the story of this brand, that 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 are have the decision, or that are the decision makers for cutting those checks. But it's people. You don't like a. It's not like a vending machine where like a brand just spits out money and you do it like do a deal for them. There, it's these. It's interactions with people that are making these decisions, and it's and it's either like the the brand itself that has the the influencer agency, the influencer arm in place, or. It's a uh, agency that is the middleman uh, the, or the middlewoman uh, running the strategy for the brand. And, and those are the people that you want to build relationships with. A very quick, scrappy way to do this is search the company name on LinkedIn, click people. Click the people tab. Once you find the company, look for their influencer or creator partnerships, anything with those things in the title or marketing related roles. And usually they have their personal socials linked to the website or even contact 
contact info there. So follow their personal socials or and and just start to build the relationship. Uh, you you don't want to hound them. Uh, you want to play it cool. Uh, and and that gets to the next one is is also before that is you can also use Hunter IO to to find people's emails too. I think it it's actually cool when you find someone like when you see someone like you you can get a good sense of this after doing it for a little bit that like you you'd connect with you know, you follow their socials you, you you can see that like they're actually into this industry they actually would be excited to work with someone like you and i call this the soft outreach strategy so i don't think that you i think i, I i'm all about building relationships like like it's not transactional it's 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 just getting involved, uh, engaging with their content, maybe, you know, DM them, uh, you know, something that's relevant that you've created before that they might be, they, they might be interested in, but don't come out the gate swinging. Other people might advise like, you need to come in, be very clear about what you want. I'm all about building building your digital brand adjacent to whatever they're doing. Then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I have something that is is going to be a win-win. Uh, and that's the way I look at it is the, the people that work these brands, they want to look good to their superiors. So do you, do you, can you build something? Like are you creating content that would be a win for them that they would be excited to show to their bosses? Hey, uh, we gotta work with this guy. He speaks directly to our audience. Uh, they, they 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 do this in this unique way. Um, they pitch this idea to me via DM that like I think is really cool. We we have to, uh, let's get on a phone call with them. And the soft outreach strategy is like to to slowly build that relationship on social just by interacting with them and being genuine. Don't be fake. Don't be transactional about it. And then you you aim to just get on a call and say, hey, I would love to talk about potential ways that we could work together. Like, do you, do you have time for a 15 minute phone call? I, I would love to just get on a call uh, and just learn more about their goals, learn more about their influencer strategy, learn more about the vision of like, like what success looks like for them at their job. If you can make them look successful, they're going to keep coming back to you. That's the soft outreach strategy. I've, I've used that. Uh, and then it kind of, it, it, that kind of goes right into the permissionless partnerships. You can start doing things that incorporate their brand. I did this with a, with a, uh, with a, actually, uh, something that I use for my podcast. It's a software. I started to connect with their team and then I just incorporated their content organically into my into my work started to talk about it made it made a short or two about it and in a very genuine way in a way that was real for me in a way that like was still bringing value to my audience and then I can point to that I just share that DM or someone or I tag them and they see it this is the permissionless partnership I partnered with them before they even invited me to partner with them what I my goal was to to just help them look good they have business outcomes that they're looking for and from my end I'm thinking how can I make them look good while also serving my audience? So I, you know, I, I incorporated in some of the videos and then all of a sudden now I'm on their radar. Then they reached out to me to actually create content for them, which was like, which is, it's like, that's the permissionless partnership angle. I've done that other ways where, um, I've incorporated content of, uh, it was a, another software company and then they reached out and they said they wanted to run my video as an ad. So then I, I let them run my video as an ad and I and I and I sold that to them. And but I made it beforehand. I didn't wait for them to tell me that this was a partnership. I decided that this was a partnership. And permissionless apprenticeship is uh, Jack Butcher's um, approach to building relationships, digital relationships. Jack Butcher, uh, I have a link to some of his work at, at the at the bottom here. He's the creator of Visualized Value and Permissionless Partnerships. It's just like a it's an iteration of that concept.
build relationships with other creators. Build relationships with other creators that are around your level and get them wins. Connect them with people. If you feel like there's a strategic connection, like like there's a podcast that they should be on or there's a brand that like might like like should definitely work with them. You can connect people. Like th this is another form of permissionless apprenticeship. Connecting is a value add. All of a sudden you start to build these relationships with other creators. Then as you're building these relationships, getting on 15 minute phone calls with them, just learning more about what they're doing, see, find ways to help them win. Like every single phone call, try to think of something that can help them uh, win, help them get towards their specific business outcomes, whatever that is. You start to build these relationships, right? Try, aim for one a week. I'm going to get on a call with one creator that is in, in my industry a week. Then what happens is, and this is this is the wildest part, I'd say the majority of my brand deals came from other creators. Me seeing another creator saying, hey, I saw that you worked with such and such. Would you mind making an intro to me? And since they know that my I want to bring a win to them. I, I, if I work with the brand, like I built, you know, if you build a reputation, repu, reputation that you help people get wins, the most of the time they say, yeah, like they would love to connect with someone like you. And it's not competitive. Like if these companies have influencer budgets and, and a system in place, uh, it's, it's, for me, that's the way that I look at it. I look at it as like there's there's an abundance of opportunity for creators. And if I connect someone with a brand that I want to work with, like it's not going to pull anything from me. If anything, that creator will want to pay me back in the future by connecting me with someone else or, you know, doing a collab with them in some sort of creative way. And I and it's, it's, that that's where you're you're building up your reputation for someone that just provides value within this industry and, and that value is a key connection a key connection that gets a brand closer to their business outcome or it gets a creator paid my favorite thing is helping other creators get paid I, and i find when i do that again it's not transactional it's just like it's just an abundance abundant outlook of saying like i'm gonna if i see an opportunity for where someone can win and i can be a factor in that I'm going to do it. I'm going to initiate on it. You look good to the brand. You look good to the creator. And now you're just creating this more opportunity for people to have you top of mind when future uh, future projects come up. So once you connect with the brand, um, so say you, you help the creator connect with another brand and then that, and then that. So I, I, I've um, I, I remember asking a creator, I said, hey, can you connect me with this company? And they connected me with that company. And it wasn't. It didn't make sense for them to partner with me at that time. Then a couple of months down the line, I had the key relationship. They reached out to me and they said, "Hey, we're doing this campaign." It may, and that's the one thing to note here. And I, I should add this, but like timing, um, don't take it personally if if they don't want to work with you right then and there. That's why I like this soft outreach strategy because. These brands have so many different initiatives, different campaigns going on at different times. You know, they might be in the middle of one and it just doesn't make sense to work with you right now. Now, this company followed back up with me a couple months later, said, hey, it's perfect timing. We have a budget for this now. You're the, you're the right person for this. L let's let's make something happen. So um, I ended up, you know, working with them and and in the conversation. You want to you want to think like a strategist, you want to say. Like they're not just hiring you as a creator, they're hiring you as a strategist as well that that has industry knowledge, that knows this space, that that knows their audience. And you say, what would make this collaboration a win for you? What would make this collaboration a win for you? So we worked together for three months. What can you say that this collaboration did that would make 
uh, make you look great in your job, right? Would, would make your make your boss's day. Would make your day. Figure that out, and then you you create that your content. You create your collaboration based on that's the aligning vision. That's the goal, right? Then. Uh, if 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 you're still in like the permissionless partner partnerships phase and you're actually not talking to someone at the brand and you're just like you're you're coming up with concepts for them, study their landing pages, study their cop copy for their social posts. You can give you can see what their top three products are. You can see how they talk about them. You can see, um, you know, that their tonality, like their voice that they use in their content. Start start to see like it like one that'll help you decide if you really want do want to work with them but you'll also be able to cherry pick ideas that you can add into like like when i do brand deals i look at their copy on their landing page and i work their exact phrases into into my content and and they they like when i make the when then when i make it they they think that like man like this is just an extension of our of our our company like this this dude totally gets us and that so like study the way that they already communicate it, put it in your own words and make it true and, and genuine for your audience. And, uh, and you win, they win and your audience wins. Uh, and then there's two business outcomes. The two main ones are brand awareness and conversions. Uh, bigger brands usually have the, have the budget to, to, um, pay for brand awareness. And that's really just like, you're a billboard. You're just, you're just, uh, you're just a way to, to, um, incorporate their brand and they're they're doing this with a lot of other creators and and they just want impressions they just want to be seen they want to be the, the 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 company the brand that is top of mind um in this space for this thing but they're not asking you to to uh, convert on something they're not asking you to sell something specific and then there's conversions that's where they really want the clicks they they want the downloads they want the purchases and usually smaller companies they they need to that that's that's their angle um that's the only way that uh, having an influencer budget will make sense and this works this works the best for people that have like a very specific audience that um it's a platform that is very true and organic to like what they're already using there it's all it's it's like already showing up in so many touch points like let's say like it's like an editing, like you're a video editor and it's like a, you're editing software and you already teach about it. Like that, like that would make sense for that type of creator. Like it's not, it, it, it your audience wants it. You're already teaching about it and you know, you'd be able to provide a link that gets them a deal, gets, the, you know, uh, gets, makes the brand happy because they're, they're downloading it. But like there's conversions there. So just get very clear on that. It's usually one or the other. It's usually one or the other. Uh, and set your base rate and your pricing structure. So I say, I say to, um, I said this in the podcast, the Creators Our Brands podcast. I had an episode called 11 Price, Pricing Frameworks for Creators. Uh, I think you should, the way I see it is, I don't think you should charge less than $500 for a brand deal. Uh, again, for the trust of your audience. Um, because after taxes, um, after the time back and forth with the brand, after ha having a piece of content that you put in front of your audience that isn't a hundred percent yours, uh, you know you, you don't end up making that much 
money on that. I, I would rather you continue to build your audience so that then you can, um, you know, easily charge 500, 1,000, 1,500 for a brand deal instead of, you know, scrapping for $250 brand deals here and there. I think it makes more sense to build your audience and then you can just charge more in the future. So set your base rate, like something that would like really get you excited. And, and what I say is sometimes, you know, sometimes it does make sense. Like again, if it elevates your brand, if you're excited to work with them, if you just want to build a relationship with the company, if you want to experiment with brand deals to charge less, um, that's fine. Like as you build your confidence, but I mean, in, in my experience, 500, seems to be like the the the, the lowest point like when I was, I'm, I'm I, I charge more than that now but like there was a point when I was like I'm not going to like if I was charging lo- less than 500 I feel like I would like present the brand because I, I, I realized that like my time as like a you know my the trust of my audience the the strategy that I'm able to bring to the table it just I felt like I, I was uh I was just not being paid enough and and like once you start to feel that, then you start to kind of like resent the partnership a little bit. Uh, so set a base structure that really gets you excited that that you can kind of stick to and then you build up from there. So depending on, you know, what they're paying for, whether it's like usage rights for a couple months, whitelisting, uh, they want to use it on their page. You can charge more for all of those things that goes right into if they're running ads to it, you can charge more. If they're running ads, if they're wanting to whitelist this or boost this or put money behind it, you can charge a lot more, right? Because it's not just the followers that you have. They're they're looking at that point to convert. They're looking to to sell something and they're going specifically at a target audience with money behind it. More money than they're even paying, a lot more money than they're paying you. And you can charge a lot more for that. Uh, again, that varies depending on the niche, depending on like what their actual goals are with the campaign. But you can you can be a little more bold with your pricing when it comes to if they're running ads behind it. So make sure to 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 figure that out early on in the campaign. What like again, th- that goes back to the what are your business outcome? What is your business outcome that you're looking for? What is your get really good at asking that? What is your business outcome? that you want from this project. So uh, this is this is like a fun framework that I always think about is what if you doubled it? So what if you set that base rate? What if you doubled it? How would that feel? What like just think about that. What if you doubled it? Could you double it? Maybe you could. And 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 I I was on a podcast um with some friends of mine talking about this and they were pitching a brand deal. They they've done two and both times the company accepted the first the first pitch the first price and what what i've i've heard people talk about that is if they accept the first price that you give them then you didn't charge enough if there's no pushback so it's it's kind of kind of push yourself a little bit to to say what what if i charge double what like what like, could i i you know it, and start to feel that number like start to sit with that number and then you know maybe it's not totally double maybe it's like then you meet somewhere in the middle but that extra $250 you know maybe if you go up to 500 to 1000 and then all of a sudden you know that's a little too much but 750 feels good think about that like if i were like what would make me really excited to work with them 750 yeah yeah that that would, that would feel good experiment with that could you charge double? And and a, a framework with that is charging double. You you can afford to lose half the half the customers, right? 
because you're still making the same amount of money because you're charging double for that one. So you do if you do two at a thousand, you don't need to do four at five hundred. So that's less work for you, and you're still making the same amount of money. So it's just a fun way to think about it and start to uh, just expand your mind about what's possible with your your base your base rate and your pricing structure. And then capture your successes. So whether you're doing a permissionless partnership or you're getting paid, screenshot comments, screenshot successes, um, screenshot uh, any numbers that you could use for future conversations with brands. And it also, one, it gives you confidence as you think like, oh yeah, like like this actually works. Like, and then gives you confidence in your pricing. And then it also, it, it's, it, uh, it gives them confidence to, to want to work with you and, and trust this collaboration. We covered a lot of areas in this checklist. If you want to know more, if there's something else that you're curious about, if there's an area that you want me to, to double down on here, uh, DM me at bonus footage on Instagram. You could click that link here. And then also I, we talked about creating leverage, having multiple sources of income. And one of my favorite ways to do this and, and my favorite courses on this right now is build one, sell twice by Jack butcher that is an affiliate link so i get a little cut uh, of that but that's that's one of that's my favorite courses for thinking about productizing your knowledge on the internet i use that as a as like the structure for teaching stuff like this and and building my email list and eventually creating a course uh which which i'm working on so again i said i'm doing this real time so i'm trying to create more leverage so i can be more select and have multiple forms of income as a creator so then i can charge the way i think that 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 i should be charging for for brand deals and then also i can be more picky and i can work with people that i want to and then of course again listen to the creators our brands podcast my, my podcast podcast where I do solo episodes and I do extended conversations with professional creators who are actually building, who are actually charging a lot of money for their content. And uh, it's a great resource that complements everything that we talked about here. If you like this, if you enjoyed this, please share this with someone else. Please share this with another creator that, that might get some value from this, this, this checklist here. Have a wonderful, inspired day.